good afternoon. Hope y'all are having a great day. My podcast is a little late today. I was a little busy online trying to do some trading. But anyways, um, the title of the podcast today is Systemic Racism and Black People. Uh, One of the reasons why I chose this topic today is because of uh, what's going on, not just with the coronavirus, but overall, we're we're so concerned with this uh, coronavirus, we tend to forget about the other pandemic that we've been suffering from for the last century or so. I mean, more than a century, really, but since most of us were born, which is racism. That that's a worldwide pandemic for all black people. So we must remember that. Um however, the racial inequities highlighted by the coronavirus also brought to um uh, to the surface the fact that syst- systemic racism is deeply rooted in white folks. This is going all the way back to slavery. Um, Systemic racism has always worked to the benefit of white people. And this coronavirus highlights the fact that we can so easily be targeted by them, meaning we are always susceptible no matter what. We're always vulnerable and we don't really have any protection against this vulnerability that we have to racism, systemic racism and just institutional racism and racism overall. No matter where we turn, it's there. Um, We can look at China right now to see what's going on with the uh, Chinese people trying to evict Africans from their apartments because uh, they believe these folks have the coronavirus, even though in the beginning it was said that the Africans did not have it. And these people are being evicted, not because they didn't pay their rent, but because of xenophobia that's taking place right now in China. So we must understand that We have to come together because the entire world, everybody in the world feel that, you know, they all feel that they can practice racism towards black people. And black folks have to realize we have to battle. We have to pick our battles. We have to fight our own battles. We can't fight for everybody else. You understand what I'm saying? That the, the sympathy that we tend to show toward other people when they face an adversity we need to take that energy and focus it on ourselves because we are always under attack everywhere we can't separate ourselves we can't say yeah we're African American we're West Indians we're African or whatever the commonality here is that we are all black people descendants of Africans That's the commonality. That's what we need to focus on. And we play a major role 
in allowing systemic racism to ensure our demise. We also play a major role in making sure that it flourishes, not just in this country, but worldwide. We have to stop idolizing white people. A lot of black people idolize white people on so many different levels. It's almost sickening. We have to stop that. When I say we idolize them on every level, most black folks fall victim to the traps. And it's a mental thing. When I say traps, I'm talking about just something as basic as some of us getting an education and after we obtain that education our degrees or whatever we receive our our first professional job the first thing we look to do is to move to a white neighborhood or suburbs that's a trap you're probably wondering how it, you know, how is that a trap, right? It's a trap in the fact that all the elevated people or educated people from my neighborhood, from our community, tend to run to enrich communities where they're not even welcome. When you leave the black community, you go purchase a house in the suburbs near white people. Your tax contributions and your contributions as a whole now no longer serves your community. It serves that new community where you're hoping that people will embrace you. And not only that, you leave behind a group of young people without hope, without mentorship, without good role models, because the multitude of folks who leave the black community after they receive a, you know, some form of higher education cripples not just the economy of the black community but cripples our children intellectually, mentally, psychologically, because a lot of these black kids that are left behind, they feel like they're left in a hellhole. And when you're mentally succumb to something that you feel is beneath what is expected to be the standard of society, then you no longer feel like you're a complete person. If living in the hood is the most denigrating thing that can happen to anybody, nobody's going to feel good about living in the hood. When when we're setting up examples, okay, now that you've made it, and since you've made it, You no longer belong to the people or the community where you grew up. 
you have to think about the psychological impact on the rest of the kids coming up. How do they view you as a person who came from the same community, same neighborhood they came from? And the minute that you're able to accomplish something, you run from that neighborhood. Not only that, most black folks, when they leave the black community where they grew up, they suddenly have this uh, fear that they develop for the very people that they grew up around. They think they might get robbed. Something bad might happen to them. You know, and all these other things. You know what I'm saying? And not only that, in addition to you moving to suburbia, you're leaving behind the idea for the cops to get accustomed to not seeing any professional black people in that community. So if a black man from that community happens to make it and stay there and he's driving a Benz or or BMW or whatever, luxury type of car, if he's not dressed a certain way, he's going to get profiled. Because we're not expected to be from that community. Because those of us who have made it from that community, we usually leave the community behind. So in essence, we contribute to systemic racism in a lot of ways. What I want to do with this podcast is challenge people to think. I want to challenge you guys to think about your behavior, some of the things that you do, and things that seem normal to us because we're paying attention to those people who set the precedence for us. So-and-so did this and that. He graduated from school. This is what he did. He moved over here. He moved to the hills. So when when we get to that position ourselves, that's what we're going to do. You understand what I'm saying? So the the attack there's a mental connection that takes place and there's a there's an attachment that is automatic to success that we don't realize. Because No matter how educated we become, we still allow white people to set the standard for our lives. And this is where we're failing ourselves and we're failing our kids. We're failing our community because we're not thinking about our actions, our behavior. In addition, there are other stigmas to attach to this. We have so many different rite of passages that are practiced in the black community. It's like almost to our own destruction, you know, destruction, demise and everything else you can that encompasses failure. 
a lot of young black boys, they feel validated or tough after having gone to jail, prison, or getting arrested. Uh, what we describe as street credibility, street cred. White folks, they use our most influential form of art to reinforce this bullshit. Hip hop. People like Tupac, Lil Wayne, Lil Kim, Remy Ma, just to name a few. These are all successful rappers who have managed to overcome the traps set in their environment to become successful, to become millionaires. But somehow, some way, because of some type of reinforcement within that art form, they made a detour. They ended up going to prison after overcoming the odds, after becoming rich. Now, their influence is very pervasive. We have the young people looking at these folks who have made it. Now, it's almost normalized. To go to jail even after you become rich Because oh It has everything to do with street cred We don't have enough People like 50 cents Who've been shot many times To tell these kids Yeah Hustling shouldn't be part of Your rite of passage Selling drugs is not a rite of passage In the, in the black community Going to prison is not a rite of passage for all young black boys. I grew up in the hood. There are ways to avoid those pitfalls. Being smart in school and being street smart. and It's another thing, okay? We also have some black women that reinforce that bullshit-ass mentality. Oh, he's corny. He's not street smart. I need me a man that's street smart. And this, fuck out of here with that bullshit. All the dudes that are in the street who claim they're smart, they end up dead or in jail. So where's the smart and all that bullshit? Some women... You know, they like to promote the thugs. Yeah. Trap life. Whatever it is that they look for. Uh, they want somebody with an edge. Yeah, but that's to the demise of young black men. Because we are forcing our young black boys to act a certain way. To be a certain way. Even when that's not who they are. In order for them to gain respect. In order for them to... To, to be recognized... As being men, being tough, they feel this is a rite of passage. And then you have the cops who capitalize on this shit. Because now the cops, they're not differentiating between a young black man who's in college 
or a young black man that's on the block hustling. When they pull out that gun, they don't care about background. They don't care about education. They don't care about upbringing. They don't care about any of that shit. But we contribute to it. Just this past weekend, a young African-American doctor was placed in handcuffs as he unloaded a van full of equipment for a coronavirus victim. He was in front of his house. This cop had no reason to get out of his car to harass this man. But systemic racism is reinforced in so many ways that this man probably moved to a neighborhood where there aren't too many black people and this white cop Philly had the privilege to throw him in handcuffs before finding out the reason or just cause for doing what he was doing. And systemic racism is usually averted by those people who practice it by simply stating, oh yeah, we're going to conduct an investigation. That's not enough. We shouldn't just be standing with Trayvon Martin. We should also be standing with that doctor. And there's, there's that great divide between us, among us. The educated, they have a problem with the uneducated. They fear the people that they grew up with after they received their education. And the people that they grew up with don't like them because now they think they're closer to white people. We have to change that about ourselves. This is our own issue. They get to pick and select and separate us in so many ways. They handpick our leaders. Or oh, he went to Harvard. He went to Yale. He went to Brown. He's closer to us. Let's make him a leader. Just look at the backgrounds of most of your politicians. Look at their education. Where did they go to school? How are they able to exploit our community so easily? How do they become lifetime politicians so easily? Because they are chosen. They are bought and paid for. These puppets separate themselves. So it's on all levels. We have so many different subgroups within the black community. It's going to take more than a lifetime for us to unite. We focus more on our differences than our commonalities. Unfortunately, that's not the way white people see it. They use our commonalities to destroy us. When you walk into Barney's or any of these other high-end stores, 
Well, we are profiled. It doesn't matter. You could be a doctor. You could be whatever. If they feel that you fit a certain profile, if you're not dressed a certain way, they don't care about your background. They don't care about your education. They don't care that you're from Africa. They don't care that you're from the West Indies. They don't care that you're from here. It doesn't matter to them. The only thing they care about is your skin color. We need to understand our great demise. Our great demise in the strength of systemic racism lies upon our division. We are so divided. We are so separated in so many ways. And we're always trying to find reason to keep ourselves separated. We say each one teach one, but we're not teaching shit. We learn something, we keep it to ourselves. We're not influencing anybody that needs our influence. When all the professional all the educated and all the affluent black people run from the black community who are they leaving behind to influence the young minds who are we leaving behind to be the role models for the younger minds the pimps the drug dealers We're letting them get used to the criminalization of young black men by cops on a daily basis because there aren't any professionals to be there to stand up for them. Or we call upon one of those puppets, you know, activists paid by the government, paid by both sides. They want to front like they're fighting for us, but they're getting a check. The Negroes to keep the peace. You know who they are. I don't have to name anybody. But it's always the same group of people. Whenever a young black man gets shot. They come out to make their little noise. They get their little check to get their people. Mobilize their people. And then we're silent. So we have to understand the role we play in systemic racism. We cannot continue on the same path. Systemic racism focuses on the collective, not the individual. And they always try to use the most influential black people to set the trends, to control the collective. We have to stop fighting the system as individuals. Black people have this tendency to remove themselves from situations because they think their education, their background allows them a certain privilege. It doesn't work that way. 
We are not allowed certain privileges. We're not given certain privileges by society. It doesn't matter if you're a doctor. It doesn't matter if you're a lawyer. It doesn't matter if you're a cop. When you out of that uniform, we are all looked at the same way. We are all seen the same way by them. Even cops in uniforms, black cops in uniforms, unafforded the same privileges as, as white cops. Most of them end up going to jail for shooting people. Even when they had reasons to pull out their guns to shoot. While white cops will shoot one of us for no reason, they get a paid vacation. They have a strong white union standing behind them to fight for them. Because that's the way systemic racism strengthens white privilege. They're all interconnected. You can't have one without the other. In order for white privilege to work, systemic racism has to be in place. Institutionalized racism has to be in place. We cannot afford to be divided any longer. If anything, this coronavirus pandemic should have given us the opportunity to see, to reflect, to see our position in this country and around the world and the things that we need to do. To oppose their traps To overcome their traps The pitfalls are always going to be there But we can't For generations and generations Continue To fall victim To these traps We have to open the minds Of the younger people Coming behind us We have to influence them in the most positive way. We have to open their eyes and help them to see the different traps. It's not just about the poor health care we receive. The diseases we're subjected to because of lack of nutrition Provided in the school system or even here at home, because whatever we practice things that are very destructive to our health, and then we pass those same habits on to our children. We have children that are born diabetic because our bad habits are practiced by them as well. We have all these victims, 22,000. You know that number is wrong. There's not 22,000 victims to the coronavirus. I keep telling you guys that, okay? I'm guessing it's at least 10 times that amount because in China, I just read an article about China lost 21 million people, not the 3,300 that they're reporting to the world. In order for China to regain its economic footing around the world, 
They had to lie about the number of people they lost to the coronavirus. It's closer to 21 million because there was an investigation done and they track because most people in China, they rely on their cell phone to communicate with the government to, to be monitored and, and everything. And there was a, a, a program designed to f- figure out who was infected and who's not. And to make a long story short, 21 million phone numbers have been disconnected since the virus was, was made public in China. Now, this is China, but this is not about this is about us here in America. They're telling us half the victims of the coronavirus are black people. Okay, and that's because of a lot of ailments, um, diabetes, high blood pressure and all this other stuff. We already know it's more than that because the systems would not be overwhelmed nationwide with 22 thousand deaths so we have to change things for ourselves man we have to unite we have to educate one another each one teach one we have to pass our knowledge onto our children in the community we have to build we have to learn to defend ourselves we have to do so much and we can't rely on their school system we can't rely on them to change it for us because we are the target They're preying upon us. We're the hunted. If we don't change that, if we didn't learn anything from this pandemic, we need to understand the endless pandemic called racism is not going anywhere. And we as black people need to take a stance and we need to come together to find our own resolve to this fucking bullshit that white people created a long time ago. That's my podcast for the day. I hope y'all have a good day. Take care of yourself, take care of your health and each other. Mm-hmm.